When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In the South. It's always college football season, and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Hour two, Chuck Oliver Show on a Wednesday, and you know that means Chris Landry, and that's already happened. It also means during the season, Russ Mitchell... From College Football News, um, Heisman voter, which he's already – when's that deadline? It happened Saturday night. And it's uh, after Saturday, obviously. Right. Well, yeah, I want to say that the deadline was this past Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah, I got a uh, Heisman voter actually in the hallway with me. And uh, he was talking about meeting the deadline. Uh, so we'll have Russ Mitchell on bottom of the hour. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to have Jim Nagy on yesterday from the Senior Bowl. And he had uh, he had a thing. And so when you're executive director or senior bowl, you can have a thing. So uh, we rescheduled him for today. So coming up about 10 minutes from now, as a matter of fact, which means uh, let me go ahead and get you up to date. Everything you need to know about college football every single day. This is CFB 365. Headline, LSU starting quarterback to enter transfer portal. Mm, that might be sort of a repeat headline because Miles Brennan already did that about two months ago. Eh, yeah, about two months ago. Uh, Max Johnson this time, and this is, say, a week after Brian Kelly's introduced and there was a conversation, and Max Johnson is going into his third year on campus. He would be. He started, gosh, I don't know, what, 15 games or so? That's a lot of experience. He's developed some bad habits, and it's out of self-preservation. But all that stuff's correctable. He's a big, strong kid, and he's smart, and now he's experienced at that level, et cetera, et cetera. And he was told he would have to compete and go win the job. And he's like, uh, nah, not really work for me. I've already put in my time. Uh, so he is gone. In an example, who said Big Bank take Little Bank? Is that Ice Cube? All right. Yeah, example of Big Bank take Little Bank. And a place with T-Boone Pickens should never be described, or at least the remnants of his bank account, as Little Bank. But Oklahoma State's Jim Knowles hired as Buckeye's new D.C. Ohio State went to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Here for your coach. You know what Oklahoma State's response was? Which one? Like, there are times when you realize what's going, and you're like, yeah, go ahead. You know, if you were cellmates with Mike Tyson back in the day, 
and he wanted your lunch, just leave me what you leave me, Mike. Go, you know, what are you going to do? You know, fight? Oklahoma State. We're going to dig in against the Buckeyes. Three words. No, you're not. Big bank, take little bank, and in the world of... Folks, LSU just took from Notre Dame. So, yeah, when you value football, Ohio State does, and so does Oklahoma State, but not as much, and it doesn't mean as much in Stillwater as it does in Seabus, and that's because what's going on for the last 125 years, that's just how it is. Uh, Mark Whipple is now at Nebraska as offensive coordinator. I saw him recruiting, actually. It was interesting. I saw a, uh, a picture of Mark Whipple recruiting for Pitt. And then the next uh, – this was Tuesday. Or actually, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it was, uh, yesterday I saw it. And then later yesterday I was like, yeah, he's not the coach there anymore. Huh? Get him a raise. He's at Nebraska. Boom, there you go. I got other stuff. Consider yourself up to date. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back, and talk with Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. Catch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Download it now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Wednesday on the Chuck Oliver Show. It continues. And somehow... One two-lane football topic just isn't enough for today's show. Uh, And and I don't know how that's ever possible. No disrespect to Tulane. And I think anybody like we're on in Louisiana, it's Tulane fans going, really? He's going to talk about us twice? Um, It's actually about the Southeastern Conference, though. It's not really um, about Tulane. I was talking earlier about the ability to do two things, and then that's you choosing to be relevant in college football. Uh, the ability to do two things. First of all, just amend academics, omissions, you know, what you have to take as a freshman, et cetera, get your academic footing. Maybe as a, a red shirt, you can do that. Uh, but then also choose to spend. And I was saying that, that Duke right now, they're a smart school, and they seem boxed into only the ability to, to hire the smart coach. Uh, so, so I was talking about how Tulane and Georgia Tech were two smart schools who really chose how to not compete uh, when they left the SEC altogether. There is a continuation of that story. Uh, believe it or not, yes, two reasons to talk about Tulane football in the exact same show. Uh, if that ain't a tease to hold you, I don't know what would be. But I told you before we went to break, I'm uh, going to be joined by a very special guest I always love catching up with uh, from the Reese's Senior Bowl Executive Director down yonder in Mobile. Uh, it is Jim Nagy. Jim, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Chuck. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, I appreciate your time as always. And, you know, there was Rosenblatt, which everybody knew. And then about 10 years ago, they're like, yeah, let's upgrade. Uh, So even the history and the ghost of World Series passed. Now you got wider concourses and better concessions and everything. Senior Bowl, same thing. (laughs) Lad Peebles, about as much history as you're going to find. But look at the shiny new crib. How has the move been, been now that it's been a couple of years? 
It has been uh, it's been a game changer, Chuck. You're you're right. I mean, you think about the coaches that coached at Lad People Stadium. You, you got you know Bear Bryant. They used to play Alabama games there. Um, and then you talk about the Senior Bowl with with Paul Brown and Don Shula and Tom Landry. So there is, and all the greats, you know, all the all the Hall of Famers that played in the Senior Bowl. But being out on the campus at South Alabama has been a game changer. Just from like just like you talked about amenities, we went from I think eight points of concession to like ninety points of concession, um, wider concourses, bathrooms. So um, and more most importantly for our players, it's just a great playing surface. It's a great atmosphere. We were only at a quarter capacity last year, which was about 6,200 in a 25,000-seat stadium because of COVID. Um, but we'll be able to pack that thing out this year, and it's going to look like a college football Saturday out on that campus um, and give, uh, give people to come down kind of one last tailgating experience before uh, the following August. Yeah, you know, the phrase, uh, I think the saying is the draft starts in Mobile, and that is not an overstatement at all. And I do want to, and you can be candid here if you want to, um, you know, attendance locally. This is this is a TV show, first and foremost, for me. Um, and then secondly, it, I know for the NFL coaches and coaching staffs and scouts, it's about the week of practice. Um, have, how has it been making Saturday not just a formality, oh, yeah, we have to have a game as well? Because um, all the NFL teams, they're gone by Saturday. Um how is it getting the you know the local ticket sales and all that in, uh, improved? Well, it's it's been easier with uh, fifteen thousand less seats, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, but 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 really, like you said, the, the draft starts in Mobile. That's kind of our, our been our mantra for the past three years. And, and again, you look at last year's draft class with one hundred six players drafted out of the game, which was forty one percent of last year's entire draft class. Um, it just it continues to build. Um, and I think with the, you know, the scarcity of tickets now, there's a little more urgency. There's there's more demand, um, and just and just the, again the venue change, the tailgating experience, um, all the different activations. Uh, it's just it's just a different vibe. But you're right. You know, there's over 900 NFL folks in town during the week. Uh, as you as you mentioned, most of them leave. We usually do get a, a rep or two per team that stick around for game day. But um, just to build out the week, we have a Players Mardi Gras parade on Friday night because this is the home of Mardi Gras as well. Yep. Uh, we have a we have a concert downtown, which the first year we did it two years ago drew 20,000 people. Um, we've got a Senior Bowl Summit event that's going to be great um, at the Sanger Theater downtown that's going to be hosted by Kirk Herbstreet. And we've got, you know, all the big boy college coaches, James Franklin, Sark, uh, Brian Harson, Mel Tucker. Um, that list goes on and on. So that's going to – we've really tried to build the week out and give people a reason more than just the game or more than a couple practices, um, a reason to come to Mobile for it. Uh, I had seen, I think, Alante Taylor when he said yes, Fedarian Mathis, I think maybe James Cook maybe a couple of days ago or recently had said yes as well. Uh, there's competition. These guys, there are other all-star games they can go to. Uh, what's the pitch, and why does so many just the top elite talents say yes to Mobile? Well, I just think you look over the last 20 years and what this game's been able to do to kind of to separate itself. And this, this predates me. I mean, Phil Savage did some great work here, and, and before him, um, Steve Hale. So, I mean, it's just you look at you look at the draftable players, the amount of first-round picks, the um, the fact that the two coaching staffs from the NFL teams and where they kind of start with the draft order. So, if we started right now, um, it'd probably be the Lions and the Texans, I believe, are those first two. And that's a big draw. You look at this year's quarterback class and. Um, you know, we could have Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Malik Willis from Liberty. Those guys are committed. Um, there's a couple of high-profile juniors, Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky, yep. and they all want to be coached by these coaching staffs, right, and spend a week with those guys. So, um, you know, that's that's really the selling point is just what we've done and created around here. And our, 
And honestly, Chuck, our best recruiters right now are the players that have played in the game in the past. And, uh, you know, we, we treat them right down here and they, they have a really good experience. And, and uh, you know, they're, hopefully they go back and, and talk to the guys that were coming up under them in the past years and, and help sell the game. Now, this is just a personal thing, and I hope everybody listening enjoy this along with me. I've asked you in the past about guys like Kyle Duggar. Well, he was in the game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle, Kyle from Lenore Ryan. Yeah, from, from Lenore Ryan, guys. and he's down there and went in the second round of the NFL draft. Um, I could ask you about, uh, you know, Valus Jones, for instance, and everybody knows him. Tell me about Jalen Tolbert because he's a local kid who gets to play in his home stadium down there, and I think that there, there ain't going to be a player on either roster this game is a bigger deal to. No, Jalen, we've got three mobile guys, and you brought Valus as one of them, um, and then Roger McCreary from Auburn is another one, the great corner yeah. uh, who played great in the Iron Bowl. But no, Jalen's a, Jalen's a special guy. You know, he went to McGill Tulane High School here in Mobile. Uh, I think he's the fourth receiver in, in Sunbelt Conference history to go over 3,000 yards. Right now, he probably projects if you, depending on who you talk to in the league, there's there's really kind of it's not a it's not a it's a more of a narrow range. I mean, everyone's got him in the third or fourth round right now, heading into the Senior Bowl. So um, he's a guy that projects to be at minimum a good third receiver in the league. Uh, he's got a great body for it. He's got a great catch radius. He can run after the catch. He's a skilled receiver. I mean, he would he would start on any SEC roster, maybe outside of maybe outside of Alabama with Mechie and, and uh, Jamison Williams, but. But no, Jalen's really talented. Again, we, we we did an invite process with he and his parents and, and captured some video out at South Alabama. And it was great. It shows what, what this game means to these kids growing up in the community. Um, Jalen's mom brought out some old black and white photos of him at practice with Dexter McCluster and um, Ben Tate, the old Auburn running back out of practice, you know, 10, oh, wow, 12 yeah. years ago. So. So it's it's some of those stories of the guys that uh, grew up in the area and playing the game. It, it is special for those guys for sure. All right, so like a guy like Valus Jones, as as that I had brought up, um, you know, an NFL scout. When you because you were a scout for two decades, when y'all talk, I mean, you don't. Hey, tell me about Valus. Oh, he had seventy four catches. That's not what you're going to say because I mean, and, and and flesh this out and use Valus if you want to. Um, it's not the stats; it's how the kid got to the stats. It's it's what he physically did out there. If if a scout ask you hey i hadn't watched bayless jones tell me about him you're not going to give numbers necessarily as far as catches and yards and all that um just give a bird's eye of his play what he is yeah it's it's not about stats chuck you know that I and mean, we had a we had a running back in last year's game chris evans from michigan who had 16 carries as a senior um and then he gets drafted by the bengals and he's their their backup running back yep. right now so it's not about stats no bayless is a guy that you know coming into the year um, he would not have been in the game. He played him. He played his way onto the roster this year. He had a phenomenal year. The return value, both punt and kick, really helps Bayless. Uh, you know, the thing about him is he's really strong with the ball in his hands, and he's got a gear. Um, I, I hate throwing out the name Debo Samuel because they are not the same players. You know, Debo played in the game a few years ago, and and now you could make an argument he's the best receiver in the NFL. So I'm not saying Bayless is at that level. But they're similar in skill set in the sense that you wanted the ball in this guy's hands. And everyone in the league right now is looking for a Debo-type player that they can get the ball too quick and, and do damage after the catch. And, and that's what Bayless is. And he's, at a, and he's a starting level returner at the next level. So um, he is he, at the receiver position. He probably moved up the board as much as any player um, during this fall. And he really played his way in. Uh, another guy similar to what you're talking about, Damian Pierce. You know, they only let him use one football. And there were, you know, Malik Davis. There were just a lot of talented guys down there. Um, give us a, 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 just a scouting report on Damian Pierce and what his, his projection to Sundays is. 
Yeah, I think Damien's a guy. I brought up Chris Evans, very similar, um, even though Damien's got more touches than Chris did, but very similar. Underused guy, and, and I get it now in college football. you gotta keep your, you got to keep everyone happy with their touches or they're, or they're hopping in the portal, so I understand uh, what coaches are dealing with. But, no, Damien, when you watch him, uh, we, we said it in the office, the best way to describe him is he's an NFL running back. I mean, this guy's big, thick. Um, he runs angry. He's hard to get on the ground. He's good in the pass game. He's played on special teams and been a good special teams player, but he's just that guy. He does not go down on first contact. And when you're a scout, I mean, that's to me, that's what I always look for in running backs is like, how hard is it to get this guy in the ground? And, and Damien is so strong in his lower body. Um, like I said, he runs violent. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be a better pro than college player because I really think um, if Damian gets in the right situation, he could be a starting NFL running back, and he wasn't even that for Florida. Last thing, uh, we got like 60 seconds. Um, what do you think an NFL team wants to do with Jeremiah Moon? That's going to be a great question. Uh, you know, seeing Jeremiah Moon, I, I go back to my Patriots days. I really feel like Jeremiah could have played any of our four linebacker spots when we were in an old 3-4 back in the 2000s Patriots teams. Um, but, yeah, he's played off the ball, and he's instinctive doing that. He's long enough to play on the edge and set the edge, and, and he has some pass rush to him. So I think the great thing about him is you could probably plug him in anywhere. I think what teams need to figure out where is the best fit. But he certainly is one of the most versatile guy, linebackers in this year's draft class. All right, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy. You got Reese's. Uh, you got Reese's Pieces on property already. Yeah, we got some hanging up on our Christmas tree. We uh, decorate our Christmas tree with all the different football helmets, and we've got a bunch of Reese's product on the tree. I, on my way out, out the door yesterday, I grabbed uh, some pieces off the tree. All right, real quick, no lie, thirty seconds. Did I see Panini is a sponsor? Yeah, Panini came on. Wow. Uh, this is our second year. And, uh, you know, they're the official trading card company, the National Football League. Yeah. So this is, this is cool. The guys came to Mobile last year, and they left with their first, very first football card. Um, and they're, they're gifting a uh, NFT to all the players this year, kind of yeah. a one-of-one one unique NFT. So now these guys can do with it what they want. They can give yeah. it to mom. They can sell it on the Internet and make a lot of money. But, uh, no, Panini's been an awesome partner for yeah, us. What, what tops is for baseball, folks, that's Panini for football and hoops cards, man. That's big time of them uh, being the association there. Uh, Jim, appreciate it as always, brother. We'll catch up again as the game gets close. Yeah, Chuck, happy holidays. Same to you. Jim Nagy again, uh, executive director of the Senior Bowl. Yeah, Panini is – uh, they're in Dallas, based out of Dallas. And if you remember the old Donruss name, Donruss, you can still find cards with the Donruss brand on there. That's now under Panini. Um, so it's about the – honestly, they're the coolest-looking cards out there. And so it's a college football player who's like, wait a minute, no, now I'm on one of those. This is really, really fun. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Frosty the snowman. On the side of my fridge. And if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that you've got the same thing. We have a list. Yellow legal pad, black ink pen, life rule, sports rules. Uh, Sports rule. Quarterback is the most important position in the history of any sport. Now, I don't even know, like I said, you know, curling. Maybe the guy with the broom. Maybe he's – maybe. I don't know. I don't know what fencing. Like, maybe the coach. I don't – whatever. But quarterback, which is why I say when we talk about most important, most impactful, most desperately needed upgrade, I said when talking about football, you always have to take quarterback 
out of the conversation because it's always the answer. A B-minus quarterback is worth way more than an A-plus tight end or safety or receiver or anybody else. Uh, and Bryce Young proved that he was more impactful than an elite defense, all 11 guys. And going into the game last week, so many of us were looking at that and going, I like Georgia. Um, we didn't expect Bryce Young to have time, but he's a quarterback. And when you are a, a, a great quarterback with a potential win on the Heisman Trophy, then you can win any game. I want to welcome on now a guy who actually has a vote for the Heisman, among other credentials on his resume. It is Russ Mitchell. Russ, how are you? Kicking the tires, lighting the fires, baby. Bryce Young on Saturday. I'm not going to ask you necessarily who you, who you voted for, but that is the kind of game <laughs> that if a voter was on the fence and you saw that performance against that uh, defense, I, I, I said like during the game, I was like, this is over. Everybody, Kenny Pickett, enjoy second, whatever. You know, I always vote before the, the the conference championship games. I always have. I always will. I think that, you know, if you're trying to give an award for the season and not that we've created these these money grabs, which are these conference championship games, because of the fact that everything's expanding and and not every kid gets to play in a in the thirteenth game, then I always vote before that. But boy, what a game, man! What a game! Uh, he did such a good job of of avoiding the rush and i don't even want to call it scrambling because it was better than just scrambling scrambling implies like there's no purpose or mm-hmm. you're just running around trying to stay alive he avoided the rush and it wasn't just to, to race and run he avoided the rush to throw and just did a spectacular job for the alabama crimson tide how imp- now the kids are out there and they're bleeding and sweating and executing and doing all that other stuff. How impressed though with Saban slash the staff in that they figured out something that you you can't figure out a mismatch against the defensive front. That's a physical thing. It's not a mental thing. Yeah. They, they turned it into a mental thing. They turned it into a, a, a chalkboard thing. Yeah, it is such a good point, Chuck, because it wasn't like this was a fluke. No, Alabama had five six drives five of they had five drives that were at least 75 yards and another that was 62 yards six offensive scoring drives that were almost the entire length of the field that's a, nearly 600 yards of offense you know and, and i guess at some point we have to ask ourselves you know how weak is the SEC East compared to the SEC West that, you know, I mean, how much of this is because, listen, this is an Alabama team that looked like crap against LSU, Arkansas, and should have lost to Auburn. And, and you know, and then they can go out six days later and put up a staggering total against the a supposed number one defense in the country. So excellent job by the coaching staff at Alabama. Daniel Russ Mitchell, get him on Twitter at Russ Mitchell CFB. Um, I have an opinion about Kirby Smart. Um, I think like if he were driving from <laughs> his home in Athens to New Orleans, you know, he's going to Mardi Gras. I, I, I think Kirby would get to Houston before he would stop and ask for directions. I, I think he is the most deep. I am dug in won't change my opinion dude um but with me it doesn't matter because it means i just win a couple of exits extra before i turned around and asked for direct i don't think kirby i don't think kirby's gonna win and it has to be his way 
um, my mother told me never to say anything uh, <laughs> if I didn't have something nice to say, which, of course, anybody that's been listening to your show over the last decade knows yeah. I did, clearly didn't listen to that you advice. You let mom down. I agree. I agree with you 100%, man, 100%. You know, the, 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 the funny thing is here, if not for Tua coming off the bench, you know, a few years ago, he's already got his first national championship, and who knows how it would have changed. I don't know. I don't think it would have changed anything. He is a stubborn person when it comes. He believes. He, and you know what? Listen, they were 12-0 and 0 and were ranked number one. They'd been playing the best football, the most complete football of any team in oh, America. Oh, he, he can middle Alabama, finger every one of us. Alabama Absolutely. Alabama hasn't played a game like that all year. They haven't had one game all season where they played like that. Come on. If you're an Alabama fan and you've watched every single game this year, you're sitting back, you turned the TV off, and you looked at your significant other, and you said, damn, that was the best game we've played all year. If you were father to a 17-year-old quarterback recruit, um, Mm. I have said that that is the only position I would not send my kid to Athens for right now. Um, you know, Jake Fromm, I don't know if you saw this. He may start for the Giants on Sunday because Glennon's hurt and Jones hurt yep. and whatever else. So so maybe Jake Fromm gets his first start. Um, he's already been cut twice and was a fourth or fifth round pick. And, and that's who it's worked out, quote, best for. There literally has not been a single quarterback who has come through Athens under Kirby who it's worked out for. Um, what would you do? Your, your dad to a 17-year-old four-star, he wants to go play for Kirby. Oh wow! Now that's a really deep question. Literally, because, not one. Um, you know, I, the the truth is that there's only you know, you know, there's only thirty plus jobs in the NFL as a starting quarterback, and your chances of your son making it to the NFL and, and staying for any meaningful period of time are almost zero, mm-hmm. even if he is a four-star person. So, you know, I would be looking more to the more longer term. My, personally, I'd be saying, is my son going to live in Georgia his whole life? You know, is this where he's going to uh, build a family and, and do these sorts of things? Because then if you go to that school, then you're set for life. You're set for the rest of your life. So, you know, to me, that carries more weight. And I I think that we get too much of these, you know, everyone thinking just in the second, just in the moment about where their son should go, you know, to get to the NFL. I think it's much deeper than that. And it it, it was for me because I didn't play. Um, And I was looking at schools and my life ever after. Um, what if you are, cause if you're transferring after your friend, like Harrison Bailey, he's not transferring yeah, because yeah. he wants a deeper educational uh, experience. He's transferring. Cause he's like, I got to get to the league. Um, if I it is, yeah. if your dad has been your agent since you're 10 and the focus, the only goal <laughs> of going to college is playing in the NFL. If that's the goal, if you're that dad, yeah. are you yeah. sending him to Athens? No. Not with the offensive coordinator that y'all have – not with the stable of offensive coordinators that you've put up there, no. All right. Um, let's talk Brian Kelly and him fleshing out the staff yeah. there. Um, first of all, were you offended by the, uh, the the speech at halftime? I was like, guys, he ain't a pinata. Um, he, was, he had a yeah. goofy moment. So what? Who cares? Listen, 
You know, this again is like, you know, the guy goes off and wins 11 games next year. Nobody's going to remember any of this. No, stuff, he put a man. piece of hay in his like, mouth if he wanted to. Exactly. This is like the off season. As far as nobody, like none of his staff coming to be with him, again, who cares? He's not there to win a to be the mayor of Baton Rouge. Nick Saban is one of the most surly human beings on the face of the earth, and yet he still manages Brian, to get staff Bri- to come. Brian Dayball left to go live in Buffalo, New York to get away from him. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Go look at his tree. Go look at uh, Kelly's tree. He continues to get guys to come and coach for him because he's at good spots and because he's a good coach. He knows how to coach other coaches even if he's a jerk and you know i think this is i think this is a great hire i really do i think that ultimately if you can win a national championship in l at baton rouge with coach orgeron at less miles and a young nick saban you can learn you can certainly win one with kelly this is the most if you think about it this is the most experienced head coach with the greatest resume. The only thing he doesn't have is national championship with the greatest resume that LSU has ever hired at the football head coaching position. If you are Max Johnson, why are you leaving? I don't know. Actually, you know, I, I, I personally think that's a poor decision. I, I think that you're leaving. It, there could be some stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm almost sure it, a lot of it's behind the scenes. Uh, you know, maybe you think that uh, Kelly's style is well, not he, going he, to fit. He, he, he was told that he had to compete. But, like, yeah, you had the most experience, et cetera. But, hey, come spring. Let's go out there and compete. And I don't know if that was part of the decision. Maybe it was just offense, X's and O's or whatever. But I'm like you. I'm thinking this this is not guaranteed to be a step forward for the young man. Yeah, all these things, you know, especially, by the way, you're the de facto starting quarterback at LSU. You're only a junior. It's like, where do you want to go? <laughs> that's, the, I mean, that's the situation uh, you transfer into. Yeah, maybe maybe there's maybe there's another spot that's a little bit better, but how much greener could the grass really be? You're going to have a ton of talent around you. You know, let's even say next year's not that great. All right, well then you're a senior with you know the talent. You've got a bunch of and you have one big blowout year. You're a four-year starter. You'll be a hero in the state of Louisiana for your life if you know if things don't work out and you want to go be an insurance agent somewhere and. You know, you'll you'll have that shot to make it to the NFL. I don't know. I, I, I find this I find this to be eight you know twenty year old person angst. Uh, last thing for you, and this is I mean I think the you know the bowl game you play Garrett Nussmeyer, um, but as soon as he takes the first snap of the game, there goes the, that's the fifth game of the season he's played in. Boom, there goes the redshirt. Um, I don't know. Like if when Russell Shepard was there, you could at least say, "All right, we're going to run the option." Russell, you get to play quarterback finally. You always wanted to. Um, you you just do that, don't you? You got to take the bullet here and say, "All right, Garrett, here, there goes the red shirt." But but you're going to get all the snaps. They don't have a quarterback other than him. <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't care about bowl games. You know, unless it's a. a 
unless it's a championship game, uh, you know, or, or something that's oh, material so get, like you, the Rose Bowl. You, you get a strong safety who ran the veer in high school and say, all right, we got uh, two weeks, let's put in the option. I don't know, man. I wouldn't burn his red shirt for – uh, for for a useless bowl game, for a six and six bowl game, you're gonna be burn some cats. You're gonna burn like the 23 year old senior that he could be, where just like a Joe Burrow, he's got almost no yeah. classes. He's got like two classes he's taking online, and he can live in the football operations building just studying tape all day long. You're gonna burn that kid for one useless bowl game. Well, the rules of football make it fairly mandatory. Someone does take the snap. <laughs> he can run the ball from the snap, man. I mean, I've watched Arkansas play an entire season where they snapped the ball directly to McFadden. So, you know, just who cares? You barely have a coaching staff, man. And what bowl game are they in again? The Weed Eater Bowl or something? Who cares? Oh, David Lee lives. Russ, I appreciate it as always, brother. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. All right, Russ Mitchell again. Russ Mitchell, CFB. Wasn't it David Lee? Wasn't that his thing when he was at Arkansas, the Wildcat? I'm trying to remember that if he was the – I'm trying to – because then he was in the NFL with Dallas. I'm trying to remember. I think it was David Lee was the guy who said, all right, we're going to go Wildcat. I think he was behind it. Um, and then it wasn't even spread to the NFL. That was uh, what Saban and the Dolphins unleashed it against New England. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up on this Wednesday next. The Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. I don't know if he would be interested in coming back, and I don't know if there's true interest. I think from a fan perspective, you always say, well, let's let's put the old band together. That group of coaches is no longer available. Uh, many of them have retired, would not come back. Some are coaching elsewhere. Mike Bellotti, former Oregon head coach, and he knows what it's about there. He was the OC there back in the late 80s when Oregon, Oregon and Oregon State, they they played to a scoreless tie one year. Don't even begin to think it was a defensive battle. That that was Oregon and Oregon State. It was nuclear winter when it came to college football. And then it wasn't. And it came back under – he took them to the Rose Bowl, for gosh sakes. They joined the – I mean, I've said that when uh, Penn State joined the pack, the Big Ten, um, Oregon, that same year, popped up. And suddenly, instead of a Rose Bowl that looked anything like what you found familiar, if I said Rose Bowl was going to be Ohio State or Michigan versus USC or – Washington, and I might have said USC or UCLA. Folks, that had covered like 85% of the games. And then suddenly you turned it on and it's Oregon and Penn State. You're like, wait a minute, that game can't even happen. So Bilotti was there through uh, the late 00s and handed it off to Chip. Um, and then obviously, you know, Chip took the national championship game, but he's just commenting that because he joined the media after that. But uh, he's just commenting saying that it does not look – um, like anything currently on my radar right now. I mean, it's not going to happen, but you don't know that it's a reality. You don't know if Chip even wants to come back. 
to Oregon, much less if Oregon wants to have him. Um, so I said earlier before we were uh, bringing Jim Nagy on that somehow one two-lane football topic is not enough for today's show. Um, one more thing about Tulane leaving for the Southeastern Conference. And that happened in 1965, after the 65 season. Tulane informing the Southeastern Conference in December of 1965, we will leave at the conclusion of this academic year. Eventually set in motion Lincoln Riley taking the USC job. And, and it is not even Kevin Bacon stuff. Tulane leaving the Southeastern Conference in 1965 eventually set in motion Lincoln Riley taking the head coaching job at Southern Cal as well as literally every major off-field event in college football the past 30 years. Late 80s, about 20 years after the Green Wave left the Southeastern Conference, Tulane decides to call an old friend, SEC Commissioner Harvey Schiller, and ask back in the conference now i think this was 1987 and everybody in birmingham's like yeah uh no no we're 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 good really we're good tulane and for almost everybody in the birmingham office it was a big yuck fest about tulane calling uh, i won't back it because remember folks you know spatially what this was like it was only about 20 years after they left. It would be like Miami, right? It's about the same, almost exactly. Can you remember Miami and Virginia Tech playing in the Big East? Okay. In 1987, almost everybody could remember, oh, yeah, Tulane, I, yeah, they were in the Southeastern Conference. Of course, I watched them. Right? David in his late 20s, Dan in his late 30s, they... There's recognition. Oh, yeah, 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 they were in the Big East. It had only been 20 years. The SEC is like, mm, no. After they hung up on Tulane, big laugh around the office, everybody except Harvey Schiller, commissioner. The phone call from Tulane started Schiller musing who would be interested in joining the southeastern conference if we extended an invitation who would we be interested in inviting if we expand expansion that's interesting Tulane, you know they have more sec championships in football than mississippi state and kentucky Tulane has more football titles in the sec than half the current conference but Schiller made the correct call. He took the call, just not the school. I believe the phrasing was, one Vanderbilt is enough. But the call from Tulane is like, wait a minute, expansion. Hadn't thought of that. And that's how South Carolina and Arkansas got invited. What up, Dan? Not much. I got to give a uh, tap, uh, tip of the cap to Sam Pittman and his coaching staff for what they were able to pull off a couple of days ago. Jaden Hazelwood, did you see that? That he is now going to play at Arkansas. And He's going to be the Traylon Burks position. There, there we go. So, of course, we will see what happens there with him, likely gone. And then uh, K.J. Jefferson as well, what happens with him there on the offense. But if nothing else, I think that you can point to uh, places that are able to get players like Hazelwood to say yes as places that offer stability. 
adaptability. And remember what I told you, too, about what I think that Sam Pittman soon could become at Arkansas is almost like somebody that it's somebody that you trust and also that somebody, if you see a coach going there, there's a reason why they're going there. We know that Sam is a man about organization. We know that he's a man who cares about his players. And we know that also, too, he is a man who is going to do it all with character and class. So that is why you can bring on a Kendall Bryles despite what people say about him with his past and they can say you know what that's just fine with players like Hazelwood he's going there because he says I see the vision I see what this guy is doing on the recruiting trail and I see not only is eight and four attainable here we can do even better going forward and and what he sees is a guy who played receiver for this coach in this offense this field this competition he's going to be the first I think the first receiver taking the NFL draft it's about Sundays, not Saturdays. That's almost every single one of those calls. All right, wraps it up on a Wednesday. Dan, David, everybody listening. Thank y'all for getting in. 22 hours from now, I'll be back with more college football conversation right here on the Chuck Oliver Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe for the safety minded who watch everyone's backs granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done